a setback for oil and gas. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Last week, a judge canceled the sale of 80 million acres of oil and gas leases in the Gulf of Mexico, citing climate change. The ruling said that the federal government failed to consider the amount of greenhouse gas emissions that would result from the development. The decision was a major victory for environmentalists who had sued the Biden administration to block the largest ever auction for drilling rights in the Gulf's history. The auction came just four days after the COP26 climate conference last fall in Glasgow, Scotland, where the president promised that the U.S. would lead by example in tackling the climate crisis. Biden officials had argued that the administration was legally compelled to go forward with the leases because of a decision by a different judge in Louisiana. However, The Guardian reports that even a Justice Department memo showed that the claim was untrue. The current administration has issued more drilling permits on public lands than former President Trump. According to the Washington Post, the Department of Interior is now planning to sell rights to drill on more than 200,000 acres in Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, and other western states by the end of March, plus one million acres off the coast of Alaska. About a year ago, a computer hacker tried to contaminate a drinking water system in a small Florida city by gaining access to a remote monitoring program. Once inside the utility's computers, he tried to adjust the amount of sodium hydroxide to 100 times its normal level, which could have poisoned people. The intrusion was detected and no one was harmed. But the Florida attack was only one of at least four last year on treatment facilities. Business Insider reports that water plants in Nevada, Maine, and California were also hacked with ransomware. The intruders took control of monitoring and treatment systems. A successful hacker could theoretically stop faucets running, in addition to contaminating supplies, as computers are being used increasingly in the whole process. Now, federal authorities have announced a plan to deliver cybersecurity technology to water utilities across the country as the Biden administration broadens its efforts to thwart attacks, including those against electric utilities and gas pipelines. There are about 150,000 public facilities in the U.S. that provide 300 million people with safe drinking water, some with little or no cybersecurity expertise. The administration's efforts will first focus on those that serve larger populations. One image we will likely associate with the pandemic will be the number of ships waiting to dock in ports like Los Angeles and Long Beach as supply chains choke with huge demand for goods combined with labor shortages to unload and haul away all the stuff people buy. Those container ships burn dirty bunker fuels as they idle, which add climate warming gases to the atmosphere and send toxic air pollution into nearby urban areas. A new venture aims to cut those emissions by offering offshore charging stations. A company called Stillstrom, owned by the shipping giant Maersk, has developed technology that will allow vessels to operate as they idle by connecting to a buoy powered by wind energy. They've partnered with the major wind developer Ersted and will test a prototype buoy in the North Sea this summer. The companies plan to make the intellectual property for the buoys publicly available 
to encourage adoption of their system. Eventually, the plan is to install up to 10 buoys at around 100 ports by 2028 that the company says will cut greenhouse gas emissions by 5 million tons per year while eliminating particulate matter and reducing engine noise that disturbs ocean life. Given that international shipping is growing rapidly and contributes 3% of global emissions, decarbonizing the maritime industry is welcome climate news. And finally, redwood forests of the Lost Coast, about five hours north of San Francisco, used to be the sacred lands of several indigenous tribes until they were forcibly removed by European settlers. Much of the area was logged and native people were denied access to land they had stewarded for generations. That is until last week when the nonprofit Save the Redwoods League reunited the forest with descendants of its original inhabitants. The group announced they were transferring guardianship of the 523-acre property to the Intertribal Sinkion Wilderness Council, a consortium of 10 tribes that protects traditional lands and waters. The land will be renamed T'Aladen, which translates to fish run place in Sinkion language an acknowledgment of its sacred meaning to native people. The property contains 200 acres of old-growth coast redwood, as well as second-growth redwood, Douglas fir, oak, and a lush understory of huckleberry and elderberry. The ecosystem supports coho salmon, steelhead trout, and northern spotted owl, all listed under the Endangered Species Act. The purchase of the property was fully funded by Pacific Gas and Electric in their program to mitigate environmental damage it's caused. That's it for this week in water. Support comes from Wright Water Engineers, providing water resource engineering in Colorado and beyond for more than 60 years. Projects, services, and resumes are online at rightwater.com.